Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Living. You're joined with Jasmine and Vic. And we have a very special guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, my name is Stephanie Yaboa, and I am an author and freelance journalist. Author! <laughs> big, big author. Yeah, man. Steph, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold, wait, wait a minute. Are you going to forget that you are also a huge content creator? Oh yeah. Mm. Wait, what? <laughs> just that just that little thing. I'm um, just a massive. Oh yeah. And you I want Wait, hold on, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah, Are you a Brandon? <laughs> you don't want to step away from influence? Is this a breaking news? What was No, 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 I still do. I just forget sometimes. <laughs> when forget. somebody has over a hundred thousand wait. Hmm? If you uh, went people <laughs> Do you know what? I, f- I always forget because I think this is like the new thing that I'm concentrating okay. on at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I forget sometimes that there are other things that I'm doing. But yeah, so I, I do do content creating and like public speaking and stuff like that. That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, Steph has been in the game for a very, very long time. Uh, one of the OG Black British content creators, influencers. Back in the days when we had actual blogs, we used mm. to go on the pages. So Steph was doing that. And I'm sure you've seen Steph's face. And now she has a whole ass book. Yes, I do, yeah. and it's not even like just a book. It's like sexy. It's mm. it's when you hold it, it, it yeah, you like it, yeah. isn't it? It's weighty. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm. I, I I really wanted that. I aesthetically, I really wanted the book to kind of pack a bit of a punch, especially if you were to go into like a bookshop and see it. I wanted it to definitely be like mustard yellow and just look very expensive, you know. And and <laughs> the inside. It's so colourful as well yeah. And uh, it's so rich How did mm. you Did you have to work with your team To be like How can we make it affordable Because it was like When I think I um, I think it was under £15 Which I was really surprised by Yeah I think it's like twelve ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, But I really Because I'm somebody When I read books Sometimes As I've gotten older I don't know why I just have such a short attention span So when I'm reading mm. And it's just You know Pages of pages of text I get really bored very mm. quickly So I was like If I'm going to write a book That has a lot of theory And stuff in it I want it to be a bit more colourful. I want illustrations. Yeah. I want there to be um, interactive things that the audience could do as well. Because I just wanted to break up the yeah. pieces of text with like some bits of colour and, you know, mm. g- you know, games or, you know, um, little drawings here mm. or there so that it could just be a bit more mm. interactive, I yeah. think. So, yeah, that was definitely a choice that I made to tell, mm. you know, the designers to kind of go all out with that. Yeah, you did that really well. Like... Mm. Me and Jazz, we, we speak about we speak about the fact that we we can't concentrate when reading books. Yeah. But yours was really, I don't know what it yeah, was. It, just... I found it very easy to yeah. read. Oh, like before you. I knew it, I was on page twenty, and I was like, mm. "Wow, mm. it's only been like, like yeah. thirty minutes." <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I wanted it to be very easy to read. I yeah. didn't want it to be like, you know, because I'm talking about quite deep subjects as well. Mm. I kind of still wanted it to be a bit uplifting and yeah. easy to read, so that you're not like bogged down and like. Trauma and big words mm. and all of that kind of stuff. Because yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, so. let's talk about big words because even though what you are basically, you know, it, it, when something breaks on the news of plus size women or black plus size women, people go to you. You're considered like an expert. Yeah, oh, but you still didn't use like fancy lingo in this book. Like it was very because I don't know it. <laughs> I don't know. Like mm. I like to think that I I have a degree of eloquence and mm. stuff, but. I'm not like a, you know, a scholar or anything like that. I always try to be 
relatable as well. And I'm not saying that, you know, using big words doesn't mean you're relatable, but sometimes if I don't know it, I just use Mm. another word, you know, just thesaurus is continuously up on my tab. And and we thank you very kindly for that. (laughs) It's fine. For reals. And like, when you're reading the book, there's like, you say stuff like, woo chile, and like, we love to see it. Like, (laughs) was you nervous, like writing, just being as frank as possible? my, My editors was like, Sorry, Steph, what is this Wu Chile? And I was like, <laughs> no, keep it in. Because when they were redlining when, and re-editing, there were loads of like phrases and stuff that they didn't really mm. understand. And I was mm. like, no, this is just, you know, black slang mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely wanted to keep them in because I just feel like I always describe the book as it almost being an extension of my Twitter feed. Mm. So I kind of want to keep it upbeat and very colloquial and down to earth. And I I didn't want it to be um pretentious mm. or or anything like that. Cause it's almost like I was speaking to like a friend. Mm. So I made the conscious decision to just very like uh stay true to me and mm. the way in which I talk on an everyday basis as well. Mm. How did the book come about in the first place? Like did you always <clears throat> know, yeah, I want to write a book or yeah, so like for three years now, I've kind of been thinking, you know, with the big um, uprise in the body positivity movement, I noticed that there was, <clears throat> sorry, I noticed that there was like a huge uh, change in who was being represented in that movement. So the movement was sort of created by plus size black women. And what we found is that it was heading into a very white centric um, eye. Mm. So what we saw was loads of um, brands and sorry, loads of brands, you know, whenever they would create a body positive campaign, they would always use, you know, very slim white models, or they would use models that were like at most a size 12. Mm. And they were also very white, very aesthetically pleasing, that kind of thing. And it just seemed a bit weird to me because what was once a safe space for, you know, black women, women of color to kind of talk about their body image issues had now been taken away from us and Mm. made more palatable to the masses. And I was just like, this isn't right. Like there are so many people who need these spaces to kind of talk about these issues and we don't have it anymore. Mm. And so I was like, I I just want to write something where I could give other plus size black women a voice as well. Um, and that's why I was really happy that I was able to kind of write this and also include the voices of other plus size black yeah. women uh, from around the world. Mm. So for me, it's almost like a love letter to black yeah. women, a love letter to plus size black women. Um, and so I was actually approached by penguin um like a year and a half ago um because they they asked me if I wanted to write a book and I was like yes I've got this concept um they thought the concept was too niche uh they wanted me to kind of (laughs) righty well make it for everybody they wanted me to make it for everybody yeah and I was like "Mm, yeah no I'm not gonna Mm. go down that road um and then I uh got an agent and we kind of pitched this out to other publishers and then we settled on Hardy Grant um and they were just very very with it when it came to like social justice issues and they were very on board with how Mm. I wanted to portray the book and they were just so enthusiastic about it and that was kind of why I went with them um that's amazing yeah Mm. it was it's really really it was amazing and so I was able to it took about three months to write a proposal mm. and then about two months to write the book. Wait, hold um, on. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My reaction was, you know that whole, uh, Homer Simpson wedding? I put him in the dungeon under the dungeon. <laughs> wait, two... Yeah. Rick, you're so annoying. Hey, I wait. Swear. Yeah, I was... Stephanie. So I basically... I, I know, know you write. I know you write. Yes, I do know this about you. 
But we were 50,000 words in, in so 65,000. Yeah. So basically, how that happened. And I know was, you was doing other work. Yeah. So it, it was the it was the most so basically they'd given me three months to write it because they wanted to release it around this time okay. um in time for like super thursday which is when all the new publications come out which is next thursday mm-hmm. um or the third of september and so they were like so if you got to write it in three months and i was like eh? what and it was during a time when i was doing some journal i was doing some travel journalism mm-hmm. so i had gone to saint lucia while writing the book and then I came back and then two weeks later I had to go to Japan and so I went to Japan I broke my ankle there was just a lot of drama yeah I was I stupidly thought I could be doing like Mm. you know eat pray love and I went to go and climb up this mountain Go and climb up this mountain, and then on the way down, I oh, broke, I fell over, and I broke my oh, ankle. My and so there was just so much drama about around surrounding that. So it didn't leave me much time to mm. write the book. So literally, I went to a workspace every day for like ten hours and was just like banging it out, banging it out. Oof, but wow. one of the good things about writing nonfiction is that before you are signed, you have to write the proposal, and the mm. proposal features two to three sample chapters Mm. so I already had the first three sample chapters Mm. already Mm. done so it was just a case of you know filling it out and looking for interviewees Mm. and things like that but yeah the next sort of seven chapters were (laughs) I had to write them from scratch and it was just like yeah Mm. it was a lot so I yeah it was grueling how how Mm. was it so like that's a short space of time like yeah. before you agreed did you did you feel scared like what if I can't even get yeah. into this oh all the time there were mm. times when I was like do you know what I don't think I can do this I don't think I'm the right person to do this right person yeah do you know who, what who, yeah. did you want to write this book Stephanie I don't know because you know a white woman would be like gladly can you um, hmm. do you know what mm-hmm. I mean that, that's do you know what that's what kind of fueled me that gave me the passion yeah. to, to fuel me on because I was like I don't want a white woman to write about mm. this because it's not their story to tell but it was imposter syndrome. It was mm, just a case yeah. of, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to write it. Will I be eloquent enough to write it? And all of these kinds of insecurities mm. popping up in my head and, and um, you know, being an enemy of progress. And so, yeah, it was just a case of um, going into um, this workspace. And then I had, what I found really helped with the writing process was setting daily um, targets for myself mm. So each day I gave myself a target of Okay I'm going to write 5,000 words today mm. Kind of thing And that's what actually really helped me And just yeah. writing everything on Google Drive as well mm. was, like, Google Drive has been my best friend <laughs> Yeah please Any yeah. tips for young writers So Google, yeah, Google Drive Anything else they should know Google Drive yeah um, uh, There are some websites that you can go onto That will turn will Turn off the internet oh, okay. for you, so it will block certain tabs. So that if you find yourself straying to like Twitter or any or yeah. BuzzFeed or like any other like site where you want to, you know, distract yourself, the internet will stop working, stop oh, working wow. for you, and it will only work on that browser mm. or the word page that you're working from. Um, so that really helped me um, a lot. Um, what else really helped? Just coffee, man. Wow. I was just <laughs> binging on coffee. Like, I still can't really believe how I was able to write this. Because it, I, yeah. I think, I've, I'm saying it as if I'm you. This is your lived experience. And you, yeah. and I say, you are expert. Like, even the people you interviewed, like, everything made sense. Like, you, okay. like, it made a lot of sense. Like, you talked about Tumblr days. You yeah. talked about your mm-hmm. own experience with bullying. <clears throat> the, 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 the way brands are infiltrating this space. The way, yeah, like, this is you. You know this shit. 
Of yeah. course, you, of course. I'm happy you wrote yeah. this. Oh, thank you. Because as you said, a white woman would gladly... Yeah, she would <laughs> say, yeah, now the process is right, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the the bits where I'm talking about myself and like my, my experiences were easier to write, but it was like the theory mm. and sort of, you know, having to research all the dates and speak to people about it. Those were the bits that were a bit uh, more difficult. Mm. And then also, you know, trying to get people to interview for this as well. There was a point where we ne- we very nearly oh, yeah, the Lizzo, tried sorry. to get Lizzo. Oh my God. To provide a quote or like an interview, but mm. she was just too busy. It was around the time where she was still kind of like coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like trying to slide into her DMs yeah. and stuff. But it was at the point where we were ready to write that chapter. Yeah. She'd already like okay. she was already worldwide. But so. you know, part two book. <laughs> you know, and it might develop. You know, we you s- never know. TV. Oh my gosh! Please, podcast. Please, please. Lizzo on the podcast. We don't know, man. I'm so nervous. But let's. Why? I don't know. I don't. I. It's just my yeah, personal yeah. kind of yeah. Like it's the imposter syndrome is just so bad this week. Oh, um, but I'm just. I'm hoping people like it. I hope. Mm. We live in hope. Trying to do yeah, up, you know, will. Sunday Times bestseller. If I do that, I'll just have to die, you know, if that happens. <laughs> no, I would just have to God like... God forbid, but then that's... Let's not wish that, but... Let's not wish that, no, yeah. But, no, but, but I would but just you, be like... You might be, because yeah. you're going... Not, not that you might die, but God forbid, but no, God you're going forbid. to be a bestseller. Oh, God. No, but it went for a second uh, print, right? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and it's not even out. Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm just. Do you know what it is? I'm not used to like really great things happening to me a lot. So mm. I'm always very on edge and wary oh, bless you. when yeah. stuff happens. So I'm just a bit like, oh, we'll see, mm. we'll see. Mm. What what impact do you hope this book will have for for especially black plus size women? Um, for them to feel seen because I feel like when it you know pre Lizzo, when we look at the way in which black plus size women are portrayed on in screen on on camera and stuff it's I don't feel like it's good I feel like it's we're portrayed as all of these stereotypical tropes Mm. and so if we're not seen in a good light then it's always you know roles of subservient slaves maids Mm -hmm. sassy best friends hypersexual you know TSA agents or whatever the case may be and I just feel like we just need something positive out there and so when I was growing up I didn't really have a lot of people that I could look up to with the exception of people like um Missy Elliott and Monique and you know those types of women and I just want there to be a place where women can feel seen and appreciated and read it and have that relatability Mm. um I don't feel like there's been a book like this before so it's yeah important for me that it's able to be as as widespread as possible mm-hmm. I think. um let's talk about body positivity as well because um i remember is it Nike or adidas where they released this whole body positivity campaign mm-hmm. and literally <laughs> all the women there were i, I oh, would yeah. say size eight maybe 12 maximum and you're just thinking why why can't you say actually this doesn't really make sense? Mm. Actually, know. this isn't for me. It's How not, does that make yeah. you feel mm. when you see stuff like that? Um, it is a bit frustrating mm. because I think Adidas could have had that opportunity to do something amazing. Um, you know, meanwhile, their age mates, Nike, are out here representing all body types all the time. Mm. They constantly work with plus size um mm. bloggers and influencers, and I've worked with them a couple of times. And it's so impactful because already within the fitness space and the athleisure space, 
we don't really have that kind of shoe in. Yeah. Um, and it's it can be really difficult to find like plus size, you know, um, uh, uh, athleisure and you know yeah. sportswear and things. And so they they could have made like a huge impact because they do actually do our sizes. But mm. you know, I think Maya Jammer is amazing. She seems really lovely, and it's like mm. not to take away from her, but I do think that that campaign could have gone to somebody whose body does not have the same uh, societal. Mm. privilege that yeah. hers does mm-hmm. I think it could have been a real especially when you're talking about body positivity like 100%. if it's going to be yeah. body positive you need to use bodies that fall outside the realm of what society considers beautiful mm-hmm. um to to really be groundbreaking and impactful and unfortunately on this occasion it seems like they just went with what was palatable to um what society liked mm-hmm. what was safe what was you know uh, easy to sell, you know, sex-wise, those kinds of things. Because mm. I think even when we talk about body positivity, we see all of these campaigns and it's great. But at the end of the day, sex still sells. So there's, mm. there still has to be a degree of desirability of these bodies in order for, you know, people slash men to kind of like mm. buy into the product. Um, and so, yeah, there was a big fail on their on their part. And mm. uh yeah, it's quite it's quite a shame when brands do that. Mm. But we see this a lot. Yeah. Like I yeah. see a lot of brands be like, body positivity and the largest person is a size 14. And I'm like, honey, <laughs> this is like, no, it's not what it is. And like, mm. let's let's stop doing this. Like I hate mm. when brands do this, but you wrote something in your book that really made me think, gosh, Steph has got this right. It's when white women, particularly size 12, 10 mm. even, and then they force this role. Yeah. <laughs> and you could even see it because they're forcing it and then they then there's another picture of them yeah. just looking normal and then yeah. they're, they're like um not every day is a good day yeah, and i'm say, like and they say angles count and i'm just like this is, like, is it by force <laughs> it's like what are you why are you trying to kind of colonize this yeah. this this movement that wasn't made for you you mm. already have a privileged body mm. even if you do bend and squish into a role yeah. like when you go outside of your door, you're not going to be harassed for your body or, you know, called names or have people take pictures of you in the street yeah. while you're eating or mm-hmm. have people not sit next to you mm. on, on public transport or constantly see yourself on billboards and on posters being the before photo in mm. a fitness advert. Like yeah. there are, when it comes to fat phobia and things like that, it's so systemic um, and so ingrained into society that it's it's seen as normal to pick on fat people mm. and to, you know, insult them or constantly tell them to lose weight and stuff. It's not seen as any kind of hate speech. It's seen as like, oh, it's a normal thing because they brought it on themselves. Mm. And so that's why the movement was so important for us to kind of have a safe space. So when you have, you know, your Beckys and your Karens kind of bending over to see one role, it's just like, this is not groundbreaking mm. because... You have that privilege to do that and not be insulted mm. or, you know, have people use you as a meme, yeah. that kind mm. of stuff. So, And the maddest thing is you look at these comments of these girls and there'll be lots and lots of women be like, oh my God, relatable, yeah. relatable. And it's yeah. like, she's, mm-hmm. she's a size 10. Yeah. Mm. Like often brands will use these people, like a lot of fast fashion as their... Uh, body positivity yeah. voice mm-hmm. and it's like so disheartening because it's like this is so clearly wrong mm-hmm. do you think that brands are are changing have you seen a change or do you still think there's a lot I mean of course there's a lot to, to be done mm-hmm. but are you seeing any changes at all I think there still needs a lot there's a lot mm-hmm. of work that still needs to be done I think um there's a lot of performatism mm-hmm. performativism 
performative. One of the two. We know what you mean. Performative. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on, especially within the last three months with Black Lives Matter. There are a lot of brands doing up Black Square, um, saying that they're going to start using more, you know, Black creators, more Black plus size creators. Um, but it, for me, I think the proof is in the pudding. Um, it's it's interesting to me when I do see brands go out of their way to do body positive campaigns. But then when you go onto the actual e-commerce site, the people that they're using to do their plus size are like size 10, size 12. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, are you really preaching, like practicing what you're preaching? Um, there are a couple of brands that I think are doing well. So in terms of like plus size brands, there is a brand called Navabi mm. um, who always use, you know, larger plus size women, women of different cultures and backgrounds. And that's because I think it's because, you know, one of the people behind the scenes is a is a uh, plus size woman, mm. and I think that's where the power really lies when it comes to brands and companies and and all of these things. We need to kind of be behind the scenes as well. Mm. So black women need to, or black people need to be, you know, the, the producers and the mm. casting directors and the PR and the marketers. We need to have a lot more di- a lot more diversity behind the scenes mm. so that we are able to cast what we want to see and people that look like us. Because if you have a production company or a casting company or mm. a brand that's just full of slim white women, they're just going to cast what they see as normal and their normal is slim white women. Yeah. So it, there needs to be a lot more diversity, I think, um, a lot more diversity behind the scenes when mm. it comes to stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think there's, there's just, there still needs to be a lot more work done in terms of diversity and the people that are chosen to mm. to represent these campaigns, I think. Yeah, and what about the people themselves? Is there anything they could be doing to kind of support the body positivity movement rather than just accepting these gigs and these roles and mm. performing on Instagram? Is there mm. like anything you would expect them just to, you know, help the movement along? I think it's important if they have, um, well, they, well, they will have privileges that we don't. I think it's important for them to recognize that and also use their privilege to highlight and uplift voices of color without centering themselves in it. Mm. So it's not everything that you need to talk about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If if you follow somebody who is black or somebody that is plus size and they're talking about a really important issue, it's not then that you come and retweet it and then add your own bit and then talk about <laughs> your experiences yeah. growing up as a size eight person. Like, <laughs> That's that's switching the focus onto you. Yeah. All you need to do is just retweet. That's it. Just retweet. Um, I'm in two minds about people who ask how to be allies. Because on one hand, I'm like, it's great that you want to know, you know, we want to know more and recognize more. But then equally, the onus shouldn't be on the oppressed community mm. to teach you how to be a decent human being mm. and to, to not be racist and not be yeah. phobic. So... There is a degree of, even in the book, like I do have a chapter on, you know, how to be an ally, but it's not for, like, we should be able to do that if we want to, but it's not, you know, for us to kind of, if somebody asks us to do it, for us to do it at their whim, we should want to do it when we want to do it and not when somebody has specifically Mm. asked us to do it. So I think the big thing here is just being able to uplift the voices of people that are a lot more oppressed without mm. um, centering themselves in the movement, but then also using their their power and their privilege to speak to the powers that be behind, you know, modeling agencies, casting agencies and mm. say, look, I think that, you know, this is a great campaign, but it would be great if you could yeah. use this person mm. 
I know that there are some influencers now in the wake of Black Lives Matter, it's only now occurred to them to do this. But uh, <laughs> with some influences, what they, some of the white influences, the big ones, what they've done is they have a thing in their con. Apparently, allegedly, I haven't seen the contract. They've just said it. But allegedly, they have in their contract now that if they are doing a press trip or going on a campaign, they want to see who is being involved. And if it's not, you know, ethnically and like body shape diverse, then they won't do it. Mm. Which I think is is quite a good mm. thing to do. It's something that should have been enacted years mm. ago, but you know, we move. If you, mm. better now than never, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Um, that, that's amazing. Do you know what? That's amazing. Yeah. But this whole Black Lives Matter thing has. I think I've messaged you, Steph, about certain like uh, big big bloggers, influencers. Mm. And they have no black, nobody is black or diverse. Nobody. A wall of beige, literally. Nobody. (laughs) Not a soul. No. Now. Yeah. Everything. Blackity, 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 black. (laughs) Now they've got um, Black Lives Matter in their Instagram stories, uh, highlights, Mm -hmm. everything. I'm I'm highlighting this influencer. I'm highlighting this influencer. Follow this influencer. You did not know who they were before. It's mad. The amount of like really big and like influencers who are like 1 million followers plus who started following me afterwards. I was like, my content has always been here. Why is it now? And they haven't interacted with me, you know, at all. They've just followed me and then they re- uh, reposted me onto their site to say, "Oh, oh I'm following this person." Look at me, I'm progressive. Have they liked any of my posts? Engage, oh, message, gosh. none of them. There's only one influencer, only one who has actually been about that life mm. for a while. Mm. She never used to before, but she started doing this way before Black Lives Matter. So I mm. kind of do respect. Yeah, I kind of do respect her hustle, and that's Zoella. Mm. I know that you know she does wow. get some and that's flag. surprising because. I used yeah. to watch her when I was younger and I was just like, I checked out. And rightly so, because I was like, yeah. And, and then I checked out and I was like, and then I found all the black girls on YouTube. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But learning that now, ratings, yeah. okay, And cool. I think, yeah, because, you know, she herself and like other influencers who have reached that stage have had like, you know, their, their flack of, you know, you know, this is really white and you don't have any black friends kind of thing. But actually, she's actually really, she's really nice. She's really okay. She's very open mm. to listening to, you know, ways in which mm. she can change. And she's, she's really gone out of her way to kind of provide visibility on her main channel and that's great. for voices of yeah, color, bigger mm. bodies. Mm. So I really rate her mm. for that. And she's been doing this for like maybe like two or three years mm. now. So that's, mm. you know, better than nothing. But some of these other ones who've just sprung out of the earth <laughs> to say that you follow me, I'm just like, it's all performative and virtue mm. signaling. It, and why? It's all that stuff. It's all the same. It's all, it was this, it's this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what words to say. I'm finding the words. I've been struggling for, for days. I don't know <laughs> the words. Um, and you just think, but when you did your campaign for your shoot, that's it. There was not a single black person, plus size, yep. Asian person there. Everybody was white. Mm. And now you've come to, <laughs> and I just think to myself, I think I might even rate you a bit more if you say, and I know that in the past I did campaigns yeah. and I had no yeah. black person there. And I know I did that with no plaster. Yeah, and I know I did that. Yeah. Me, myself, yes and I. You lot, they tried to make it a collective. No, focus on yourself yeah. right now, right here. There's a lot of we in the building. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's you, yourself and I, Beyonce said. And you. I, I just, I, I don't know how, 
I don't know how that must feel as an influencer, yeah, to get bare white influencers following you, amplifying your voice, and before they might have even been in a room with you and didn't even look at Did your they way. know who I was? Hmm. I mean, there was this whole, you know, mess a few week, a few months ago when the whole BLM thing happened, and there was this one white blogger who was very rich and very posh and white and all of that kind of stuff, and you know, she'd done like a black square. Thing, and then she deleted it the next day uh? And so I called wow. her Oh the Black out. Lives is done now yeah. isn't it yeah. It's done I called her out on it Being performative and stuff I was like look This is, isn't is cool If you're going to be about the cause You need to like Do some research And like you know Do all the Gave her the whole talk about yeah. it um, But publicly <laughs> On my stories And then she came back saying You know I'm bullying her. Oh um, she gosh. got all of her followers to say that I was being aggressive, <gasps> bullying. Did I not go on her Twitter and see that she'd been making racist remarks for years? Wow. Bro, I put them on my story so quick. I said, look, this is what you're doing. You're trying to do up Black Lives Matter, but yet you're and being I, racist yeah. and mm-hmm. saying all of these horrible oh, things. Um, and yeah, her followers were like backing her up. It was wow, just ma- And that was like Peak performatism Because she yeah. wanted to get in On the trend And that wasn't the worst bit The worst bit was On her black square This is why I initially Called her out So I'm reading The caption that she oh put God. With the with the, with the oh black square And I'm reading the comments And all the comments Are saying the same thing um, Basically what had happened Is she had copied and pasted This This caption That was oh, so no. heartfelt from oh, a website no. that was written for the black by two black women. Oh, so no. it was two black women talking about Black Lives Matter. She'd copied and pasted it and put it in her caption. I said, eh? mm. I said, is it? Oh gosh. So she's really, really not. So not only are you stealing from black women to pretend to be, you know, to pretend to care about Black Lives Matter, but then you're doubling down when a black woman calls you out and then you call her a bully and aggressive. I said, there's there's levels to this racism. Yeah, she doesn't even even understand how deep. Because she she really should have just sat and ate her food. She really should have just minded her business. She didn't. And me being me now, I just escalated it even more. I, you know, if somebody's trying to attack me, I was like, nah, this isn't gonna fly. But how does it feel? Because like, I know a lot of influencers who, black influencers, who grew a lot during that period. Yeah. And they felt like, okay, this is great, but I feel, I feel disheartened because where were y'all before? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult one because, yeah, so I grew quite a lot as well and on one hand it's nice because a lot of it was just like normal people just being like oh I didn't Mm. know that you know you had this feed and it's great but then it was that influx of other influencers where I was like we've been in we've been to the same events and you know you haven't said boo to me I comment on your stuff or used to comment on your stuff all the time and you ignored me and now that this is whole this is thing is all happening now you're mm. trying to do up friendship and it's just a bit like I know a lot of influencers, a lot of black influencers specifically as well have been like, oh, my engagement was great like back then, but mm. now it's dipped because everyone's just decided to apparently black lives matter don't don't matter. Black oh, creatives so aren't, matter. aren't liking the actual content they have. Yeah. So like a lot of black creators, their content has just plummeted because it's like oh, wow. that phase of caring about black people is over. Mm. Um a lot of these um, influencers have now like unfollowed as well. Oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, a few of us. We should. Sometimes I feel like we should have like a black influencers WhatsApp group or like a messaging group because the the stuff that yeah. happens, like a lot of them have like unfollowed a lot of us. Wow, party done in it. Black lives don't matter. <laughs> That's it. 
People are mad. It's, 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 it's a sickness. It's, it's not well. People are mad. People are not well. That's insane. Mm. But how did it feel at that time? Because like, or just being an influence in general, because I mm. feel like, I don't know what it is. I feel like there's even more, there's more pressure on influencers to talk about social events, especially black ones like Black Lives Matter, than it is for a politician. Mm. Okay, that might be uh, <laughs> over-exaggerated. But like, there's pressure. Like, mm. when something happens, people are like, why has it, like, for example, that, that Grace Fit influencer? Oh, um, yeah. I, f- I can't remember what happened. Uh, was it Wiley? Oh, oh, yeah, with the Wiley scenario. People are like, wake people, up, people, wake up out of your sleep. Yeah, like, whatever you commented. That mean, like... I, that, yeah, I thought that was really out of order because I think Grace had like, she had like gone to sleep or something. So she yeah. hadn't actually seen the news. Yeah. Do, do you get that? Um, I don't, only because I've got a big mouth. So I'm just ranting about <laughs> anything. Any, I'm always talking. Mm. I'm always talking about random but stuff But do you feel pressure to be like, I have to give people yeah. my heart and comment on this? Sometimes, sometimes I do feel that pressure because what sometimes what people will do is they will uh, message me with trauma. Or message mm. me with traumatic oh, stories And I know that this is something that Kalechi has touched on before mm. as well About not bringing trauma yeah. to, to your doorstep Because you don't know what that influencer mm. Or that person with the platform exactly. is going through And so somebody will, you know I always tend to get messages from people who Forward me a story about something fat phobic Or mm. something racist And they'll be like, are you going to talk about this? And I'm just like, I'm literally I literally just woke up like mm. I, I'm trying not to be burdened yeah. with that And so mm. I now just Talk about things in my own time yeah. um, But there definitely is That pressure to kind of Have to be uh, Consistently like woke All the time mm-hmm. And um, I think that's where The kind of There's the blurring of a line There's a there's a blurred line between influencer and activists now mm-hmm. Because so many you know, online activists are dipping their toe into influences and stuff. So the lines are becoming a lot more blurred. And I think we live in a society at the moment that is very much um, into social justice, which is great. And um, talking about issues that matter. So I think naturally as influencers, you know, back in the day, we'll just be talking about makeup and shoes and clothes Mm. and stuff. Now that we are in this generation where so much is happening and there is, you know, people with platforms, there is so much that we can offer and give. I think naturally there there is that progression where people are going to want to expect us mm. to to talk about that kind of stuff. Mm. And so I think for me, I try not to, I don't know, I try not to bow to that pressure because I feel naturally I will talk about it anyway. Mm. Um, but then, for instance, with Black Lives Matter, you know, for like two Two weeks or so, yeah. everybody was talking about it, sharing resources, sharing assets, all of that kind of stuff. But then it gets to a point where, okay, I've, I actually have work that I need to do and there are contracts that I need to fulfill and post mm. up, you know, ads and stuff. So how am I going to work that in when everybody is still so sensitive of that yeah. kind of stuff? And so it's difficult because, you know, even with the Black creators, we were like, okay, but we need to post up this ad post, this mm. collaboration, and I don't want it to be insensitive. Yeah. And so it's literally just a thing where you have to be transparent with your audience mm. and be like look this is still on the forefront of our minds especially being black this is always going to be on the forefront of our minds but just to let you guys know I'm going to have a few ads coming up yeah um these were all things that were you know signed on yeah. way Before back this, when yeah um so it would be really great if you could engage and like and stuff and you know all of that kind of stuff so and I remember writing something about that on my story saying, look, I'm going to start introducing ads back yeah. on and just know that, you know, I'm still thinking about that mm. kind of thing. 
And the so, amount of times that white influencers they they screenshot it and they added it to their mm, own well, story, own. and they were like, "Yes, this, yes, I'm going to start doing this oh, as well." And I'm like, "You should write your own press release, you know? Don't come and steal my words." <laughs> And use it as a way for you to forget about Black mm. Lives Matter because yeah. as a white person, it's not going to affect you as much as it affects mm, us. So why are you now coming to steal what i it's like they're saying, oh, thank God Steph said it now. Yes. We can get back to work. That is, that yeah. is, yeah. That is it. They didn't want to offend the blacks. That is it. They didn't want to write their own stuff. So yeah. it's like, oh, I'm so glad she said it so yeah. that I can, yeah, you know. I can get back to work now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> man. I do have a question. Mm. What is the best way for us as consumers mm. and an audience to engage with influencers because we went on No Shade podcast and yeah. Esther said so funny. She was like, you don't need to stop saying yes, get the bag to influencers. Yeah. And I was like, because it's me. I'm the one that's saying get the bag, get the bag. <laughs> Why not? That's so but, good. Um, and I've seen a, lot, um, a few yeah. other influencers saying that. So is there other ways we can engage? And also, do you mind if we engage with your Instagram stories if you say a hashtag ad or is that too much bombarding? Because I want to know how I can support. Mm. Yeah, I think... No, I, do you know what? I love comments like that though. I do love comments where people say like, yes, get this bag, mm. get this money kind of thing. Um, because like brands see it and when they see, I think when it comes to working with influencers again, they judge it on the engagement. Mm. So how many likes, how many comments, how many reshares, all of these things. And so... I think for us, it's very much comments, mm. commenting on on posts. Um, you can comment on stories. Um, what they tend to look for is like clicks. So if okay. we have um, okay. a story where it's like swipe up, mm. we um, at the end of the campaign, we send all of our analytics to them and then they see how many people have swiped up. So even if you go on and you don't necessarily buy what's on there, they go by how many people have clicked the link. Mm. Um, so swiping up on stories is always a good way to support, I think. Um yeah, leaving messages um, and and comments is always a good one. But like, what kind of comments? So, like, let's say Dyson hair dryer, you're working with them. Yeah, and then and then, would you want them to say all oh, stuff? I'm gonna buy this or or. Yeah, what, yeah, what, so, what helps? Yeah, please, do you know yeah. what? It's it's a, be honest, just what is it? Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's like, for me, it's like, I want people to be genuine in what they're saying. Mm, that's true. But then, you know, I wouldn't want you to say something okay. for the sake of saying, because I know that I would feel bad. But then equally, well, I want this support. bag. Steph, do you think, I've, there was one girl that was doing a Revlon uh, <laughs> eyeliner or something. And I said, yeah, I'm going to buy it. You think I'm buying yeah. an £8 eyeliner? I'll get mine from Poundland. <laughs> the thing is, you can actually, you can do that because then it increases, like the brand really like those kinds of comments. Because okay, if, yeah. if it's all like conversions. Mm. So if they read like 12 comments of people saying, oh, I'm going to buy this Dyson hairdryer that is, the Dyson hairdryer is like, what, £350? Like, yeah, pounds. It's like £300. It's like £300. No, sorry. <laughs> if they see like eight people saying that, then that's like a sale conversion for them. Okay. Even if they didn't see it on the website, okay. yeah. it's still like, oh, she's actually influenced these people yes. to, mm, yeah. to buy them. And I think one person that is so good at converting stuff into sales is Melissa. That's the queen. Oh, Melissa's would, Melissa is queen of Instagram. Like mm. the way in which she has gathered such a strong and loyal following to buy stuff. Mm. Like even me, I've been influenced to buy so many what, what things from her. I have bought the candle wick trimmer. Oh really? Uh, the candle wick trimmer. I've bought the hair steamer. Oh, is it? Yeah, is it good? it's really good. It's mm. so good. The hair steaming thing I've gotten. None of the clothes I can get because they're all very small, and you know I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, honestly. Um, but all of like the stuff that she um she's there's like this uh water spray that's a continuous one. So when you press Ooh. it once, oh. it will keep spraying. Is this for flower or for your hair? Uh, for both. Oh, is it? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just like a regular water bottle, Ooh. but it's like a continuous one. Mm. Um, I've gotten that. Um, I've gotten like 
Cleaning, oh, you cleaning really, wipes. You've really been influenced. She, really she's been. such because the thing is, she's so relatable. Yeah, yeah and so is. yeah, everything she, she promotes, I'm like, I'm getting that. I'm getting mm. that. I'm getting that. So I think it's a case of brands being able to see um, that people are wanting the objects that we buy. Mm. Um, also on stories, if you like. If somebody posts like a story up and then you repost the story saying, oh, this is such a great ad or, oh, oh okay. I'm going to get this. Then what we do is we repost your comment or we repost your stories oh, okay, and then the yeah. brands see that and they're like, oh, actually, they're doing really well on stories oh, as well. Okay. Oh, that's good. So like, yeah, any kind of like interaction where it sounds like you're going to mm. buy the product or read the, the mm. product or whatever it is, so is really good. If I put the main your main feed on my stories, does that help with analytics as well? Like, what do you uh, mean if you put like the reshares? Yeah. Oh, yeah, reshares okay. always. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So I, need, I know what to do. Okay, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Oh, thank you. No, because we need to find ways. Because the thing is, I think sometimes you're a little bit nervous to be like to influence. How can I support? Mm. And like you said, you're you, you're just like, be genuine. But I'm like, oh, give me the word in. <laughs> Yeah, because me, because Esther, honestly, no. please listen to no shade. Because yeah. Esther was like, "We're saying get the bag, get the bag," but there's no bag. It's true. You don't, you, you don't, you don't want the brand to see that we're just like, "Yeah, get your money and whatever." Yeah. But we're not actually saying, "Okay, we're gonna buy." Because with white influencers, yeah. I see the comments are a bit different. Like there was one white influencer actually. I think, oh, what is her name? Sophie. Oh god, she's the only white inf- one of the few white influencers I follow. <laughs> I can't remember. Her, I can't remember her name now. Sophie something. She does like kind of Sweet Milner. That's it. And she did an advert year. It was one of her first adverts. And I swear I was the only person that said, get the bag, sis. Everybody <laughs> else was like, gorgeous skirt, hun. I said, get the bag, sis. Yeah. And she was like, thank you, hun. And I was like, why is the rest of them? But if it's a black girl, if it's Steph now, all of us, get the bag, get the yeah. bag, get the yeah. bag. Get I said, somebody will say, get inside that bag. But the thing is, I think it's different for black influencers because we are so underrepresented when it comes yeah, to... Being chosen for campaigns mm. Especially with within beauty mm. We are so underrepresented But the gag is Is that black women in the UK Spend the most yeah, amount on makeup yeah. It's like 300 billion a year or something And that's partly because We have to buy premium products yeah. When it comes to our bases and foundations mm-hmm. And all of that kind of stuff mm. So there is such a huge market For black influencers To dominate the mm-hmm. beauty space But again Standards of beauties is always focused at whiteness. And so um, I think with the whole BLM thing, it's really drove, it's had that, it's had that push where people want to follow more black creators. Mm. And so I've seen a lot, and I have actually commented on like some of my <laughs> friends, like Sade in my Sunday best. Mm. Like I love oh, amazing. her. I love her. And so I'm just like, get the bag, sis. Mm. I'm because she's done so many yeah. ads. And I'm just be like, yes, but <laughs> she should money. Mm-hmm. Her content, mm, beautiful content. Um, and so I think it's okay to put those kinds of comments on the create uh, black creators mm. because then it I think it shows brands that oh okay well she clearly has an audience yeah. and she has a lot of support and she has people that are wanting her to do well and with PR agencies mm. and man and prospective managers as well um, it's good for them to see those comments because then it shows that there is that interest and mm. uh, investment in that influencer so mm. yeah go free with those comments oh, man one more, one more question because what I yeah. do I tend to do when I see an ad. I'll say, I'll comment, so Sade, for example, I say, oh, Sade, you look amazing. And then I'll say, uh, and then I'll comment again saying, I'm going to buy this gown. So I do yeah. two comments. Is yeah. that too much? No. Or? Okay. okay. It's, it even do more. All it's right. So <laughs> alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Vic is really going to start doing it. I know she I will. Because the thing is, yeah, uh, who was I talking to? And Vic always talks like, 
um, you'll see her on a celebs page. She will talk to them like she's their friend. <laughs> I love it though. That's why I'm gutted yeah. that Drake's blocked his comments because I remember I used to. Yeah, you used to catch him. Yeah, Vic yeah. used to go Ooh, in on Drake. Really? Yeah. Like when oh, he used good. to write like lyrics or stuff, I'm like, what's going on here? Are you alright? Yeah. Are you joking? Or I used to oh, be like, gosh. if he was pouting, I'd be like, oh, here you are on your on your pout boy yeah. shit again. Yeah. What's screaming. going on? Why are you pouting your lips, Drake? What's the tea? Or I'll be like, looking fine, hun, Drake. Well yeah. done. Is that why he's limited his comments? It's probably you. Oh dear. Oh dear. What is going I'm on? I'm just guessing my boy. <laughs> I'm just guessing my boy. Can't oh do that, no dick. Yeah, Jazz, you got any yeah, um, yeah, I guess going back to the book, um, I think one of the bits that stood out to me was when you was talking about um your school experience mm. and bullying and everything. And what just I was just screaming, I was just like, why were the teachers not Active, yeah. and do you think that they knew what was going on and they just turned a blind eye, or do mm. you just feel like you couldn't really approach them and speak to them about what was happening? It was a mixture of the two. Yeah. So I was moved maybe three or four times, um, form groups, um, because of the bullying. My oh, school, I'm not gonna lie, it was just really bad when it came to bullying, mm. like they didn't really have a lot of investment into making sure that yeah. the students were okay, but also a big part of it was. Uh, one, the bullies were very clever So they would only attack me when I was alone um, So that there were no eyewitnesses And two, I was, because of the bullying and, and the depression and all of those things I was very quiet I didn't mm. tell anybody that I was being bullied um, Like my mum didn't even know that I went through bullying Until I told her when I was in uni oh, um, Yeah, so nobody knew Um my mum was, um, back when I was like between year seven to like year 10, she was traveling quite a lot with work. So she mm. wasn't there a lot. So she didn't, you know, get to see like all of mm. the, gosh, the bruising and, and all of the physical stuff that they did. Oh um, but yeah, I just didn't tell a soul mm. and I would always make excuses if I came home and it was like my leg was in a cast or I had, you know, there was an occasion when I was in, when I was in school and I was in science and one of the boys that bullied me um, came in through acid on the back of my neck. <gasps> and so that's kind of like scarred my neck, which is why my neck is a different color oh to like the rest of my body. Gosh. And that like, I didn't even tell anybody that that happened, mm. but the whole class. And he should have gone to jail. Definitely. He, he yeah. honestly should have been yeah. charged. Criminals. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, the whole, I think what hurt was that the whole class saw it. Mm. And half of them were quiet and the other part burst out laughing. And I think at that point, I, I had such a battle with my body that I thought that I deserved all of the bullying that happened because mm. I looked the way I did. Because that was, in terms of the verbal stuff that they were saying, it was mostly, you know, we're bullying you because you're fat and you're dark skinned and you're mm. black kind of thing. That was, the ma- that was their main target. And so I just assumed, oh, maybe, you know, this is what I deserve because mm. of how I look. So I just kind of just... I was very passive. Oh I just gosh. let it happen. I didn't really, didn't really stand up for myself. Mm. Um, yeah. And you know what's interesting? You know what I found really interesting is that there was an occasion when I was in geography, and this is like really going back now. And um, I remember I was in class, and one of my bullies came in, and they were again going back and forth with. Well, it wasn't even back and forth. I was silent. They were just mm. bullying me in front of the class. And one of the, they went out of the class, they came back in with like a dustbin, like one of those big wheelie bins and put it over my head. And a few months ago, I was watching um, 
who stand up was I watching? Was it Mo Gilligan? We went to the same school. We were in the same oh, year. No. Really? Yeah. Wow, and black he, for I don't know if he was actually referencing that, but he did mention that in his skit, he was talking about when he was in school and somebody came and threw a dustbin over oh someone's God. head. And for a minute, I was oh like, is gosh. he talking mm. about yeah. that? Or was it just like a weird coincidence? Mm. Like a random thing He wasn't thing joking he about it, was he? He was joking about it from a bully's point of view. So he, I think he was talking about the bully and how they like tend to switch and how there's like somebody that's always calming down the bully kind of oh, thing. Okay. Um, but I was watching it and I was like, I don't know if he's referring to mm. that or if he's just like making something up, but it really hit close yeah, to home. Yeah, so yeah, when I watched course. it, I was like, I had to turn it off yeah, and I kind of had to be like, oh, that just reminded me of, yeah, of that yeah. incident. And again, it was one of these things that I didn't tell anybody and when my mum watched the show um that was when I told her oh by the way this is like something similar that happened to me when I was at school and she was like why are you telling me all of this stuff now like you should have told me back then and I was like I thought it was I thought it was my fault that I was being bullied so Mm -hmm. it I didn't feel Mm -hmm. it felt me weird reaching out to to ask for help Mm -hmm. when I felt like it was something I needed to figure out on my own Mm. and I remember in the book so when I was reading that because I was very early on in the book Mm. and I remember thinking this is so traumatic and Mm. I hope Steph realizes this but in the next line you say you say this is a traumatic experience or this is trauma and I really appreciate you for like or I'm I'm proud and happy that you recognize that because I think a lot of people get bullied and they just think I'm just gonna brush it aside but Mm. no this can really impact you Mm. and those bitches are broke <laughs> I said it Yep like, You know what's funny One of them Had the nerve To what was it This is last year They like They right swiped me On Bumble And I read their profile And I was like Oh I'm into big women da, 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 da. And I was like it? First of all oh. So you were the one That bullied me When I was in secondary school Because yeah. I was big And now you're right swiping me On, on oh, wow. Bumble I said you know what No you better get out mm. I'm not doing it Do you ever see these people Like in public Yeah uh, I've seen three mm. of them because where I went to school, I think we all lived around the school. So sometimes when I'm like around sort of Battersea, Clapham area, mm. sometimes, or like Brixton, Brixton specifically actually, or like Thornton Heath, <laughs> randomly, mm. um, I tend to like see a couple of them, like mm. the boys, but they don't recognize me. Mm. And I also try and like... Or they do and they're just like, they bury their head in shame and they're like, oh God. Maybe, I don't I, know. Do you know what? Did, did, not, not similar, but um, do you know there's this video of... Julie Adenuga and she goes to our hand. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't like, like you. Yeah. Okay, I've always liked that video, but I never understood why it really resonated. Because mm. there's something about that video. Mm. It reminded me when I used to get picked on by this guy in school. And the thing about me when I used to get picked on, I'm a weirdo. And you <laughs> you notice know I'm a weirdo. When I used to get picked on, yeah, there was a time where I just snapped and I twisted this guy's arm back. Yes. <laughs> we love it. And he was like, you're fucking weird. I said, don't. T-. I said, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, you yeah. might think I'm a weird. Rick, Rick does this. She'll be like, yes, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a freak. Own it. You call I me a freak. It. I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a freak. So I was on the, and my friend can testify to this. I was with my friend Anisha. We were on the train a few years ago. And we saw the guy on the train. And he came up to my friend. They were talking. And he goes, you were at Vic. And I was just like, and he goes, oh, you always do that. You've been the same since school. And I remember saying to him, I don't like you. Yeah. I, mm. I don't. I'm an adult. I do not like you. Mm. And he was just like, and my friend was like, I can't believe you said that to him. <laughs> I was like, I don't even give a shit if he lives next door to me. I don't care. Like, you people are not in my space anymore. Yeah. I don't give a I don't give a rust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, 
And I think there's so much power in that. Like, yeah, kids are so bloody mean. Mm. Kids are cruel. And sometimes people just forget. Yeah. They forget it, but to you, it it sticks in your yeah. brain. Yeah. And also, one thing I want to say is, people say, "Oh, like I, all of us were kids. All of us were mean." Yeah. Not all of us. You know what? Mm. You know what? Yeah. Evil. Mm. Very evil. So the, the the details that Steph had in the, you know what? You know what? Yeah. Criminals. Mm. And I'm sure these people are gonna go on, God forbid, to be our next prime minister, to be the next. Dinner. That's it. Yeah. Mm-mm. And then they're raising other youths who are doing the same. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's sick. It's really sick. Yeah. No, absolutely. Definitely. But I think that will stand out to a lot of, you know, mm. even young girls growing up who might be struggling and thinking that they don't fit in for whatever reason. Mm. But is there anything that you would tell your younger self or tell those girls? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I don't want to go down like this, the the kind of cliche route of like mm. saying it gets better because even though it does, it's it's a struggle. It's, yeah. a, mm. it's a journey, like learning how to love yourself from mm. scratch. In a world that consistently tells you that you're ugly or mm. you know you don't fit in, it's a, it's a it's a struggle. Um, but I think I think one of the main things I would say is confide in somebody you trust. Yeah. Don't keep it all in because it will destroy you from the inside mm. out, and it will, you know, next thing you know, you're on some website just catfishing away. <laughs> This is <laughs> Steph's actual experience. <laughs> it's my actual lived experience. Next thing you know, you know, if you mm. bury things deep, mm. they can manifest in some of the Other most, ways. you know, mm. destructive ways. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a family member. Mm. Um, it could be like a friend or a mentor at work, work or school, just mm. somebody, even somebody online. I think with like therapists and stuff, you can even get online therapists yeah. now. But you need an outlet for your pain. You Definitely. can't keep it in. You need to decanter it into mm. something inanimate or somebody else that's able to talk you through that pain. Mm. Um that I think that for me, that was one of my one of my worst regrets is not telling anybody mm. all of the pain yeah. that I was going through. Well, it's not your um, fault. You mm. felt like you, you know. Yeah. And I think also recognize that you deserve to be here this world isn't for you know that it's not for the disposal of you know thin white people Mm. you have a place in this world and we are all worthy and deserving of the same love respect care basic Mm. um decent human um uh human decency Mm. that we are all kind of um exposed to we Mm. deserve to have that as well Mm -hmm. and you deserve to take up space and be unapologetic Mm. and live your best life without people Telling you what to what to do, really. So no, that, I think that would be like my my advice. Let's get into the catfishing real quick. Mm-hmm. Steph, what were you doing in the streets? <laughs> so when I was, oh, how old was I? 16. 15 or sixteen. Mm-hmm. I was at my lowest. So I had just finished. Um, I had just finished secondary school. Mm-hmm. And I was in college and I thought to myself, oh, going into college, it's going to be like a whole new me. I was going to a college that was far away from my secondary school. And I was like... Was that on um, purpose to get away? Or? Oh, yeah. As soon as we finished that end of year thingy, I was out. I was yeah. gone. Um, and I went to um, my new college and I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to like rebrand. and Just be like this new yeah. extroverted person didn't happen I was still very introverted I didn't know how to make friends it was like oh this is so embarrassing and like sad but at the first few terms I used to like eat my lunch in the bathroom because I didn't want people Mm. seeing me eat alone in the cafeteria I used to do that yeah I used to do that yeah do you know what I was thinking about the other day 
Why don't schools have a place for you to just chill by yourself? Yeah. Like, like maybe like a music room where you could just have headphones or something because yeah. it's so in your face. It's like force. It's like they're forcing yeah. you to interact. Because yeah. even in the canteen in, in my school and second um, um, college, you could only be in the canteen for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Mm. So where else was Same. I going? Yeah. Exactly. By myself. If exactly. not the toilet. Mm. exactly yeah so like sorry stuff carry on no it's fine like so I used to do that and I was just very it was my first time being in a social environment where I didn't know how to make friends Mm. I didn't have any social skills I didn't have any friends um and I just felt just as bad as I did when I was in secondary school so it was around the time that you know MSN Messenger was all the rage and high five and MySpace and all of these kinds of things and it's almost like I found my solace online so even though with things like high five and MySpace I um I applied to them under like my real yeah. name and my real pictures and that kind of stuff. Um, I It was during a time when I just saw all of my peers starting to date and go out and be seen as, you know, desirable and have their first kisses and all of these kinds of things. And I was just like out here, just like lonely and not knowing what it felt mm. like to kind of be seen as attractive or desirable mm. and stuff. And it was at a period of such deep self-hate. And so I went online and there was this website, um, like a London-based forum could f- called Facehood. And I signed up and I signed up using, um, there was this girl's picture that I saw on MySpace, this like light-skinned, really mm. slim girl, very pretty. And I signed up under her picture and I was using, using her photos. And I think I was doing that for... I think it was like maybe four months. Mm. Mm. And what or was the reaction? Five months. When you were using her, like, what was the reaction people? Yeah. I, I felt like, I felt a bit more popular, I um, think. Yeah. So I would, I was like addicted to that, to that website. So we would mm. go on like every time after college and mm. it just felt nice. People being really nice and, mm. um, you know, complimentary. And it was a bit weird because it was like, they're not complimenting me in terms of like how I look. They were just complimenting uh, this girl's picture. But it did feel nice to kind of have that um, validity, I think, of... Mm. It was still being said to you, so... In a way, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like hyping me up a bit. And then um, at the same time, I was also speaking to somebody um, from the website privately and we developed like a really good friendship and then it kind of turned into a bit of a romantic thing. And I remember they wanted to see me they wanted to like meet Mm. up and I was given all the reasons under the sun Mm. and then it got to a point where I was like it's too much I can't I can't do this because I really like him Mm. and it's not fair for me to actually be like deceiving him this way so I ended up telling him and coming clean Mm. sending in my real photo what's funny is we actually met up like as me afterwards Mm. and we're really good friends still to this day which is really nice um and he was, he was like, he was hurt, but he was also really understanding about it. Mm. So that was a really nice outcome. Mm. However, what I didn't know was that his cousin uh, was on the website that I was on the the forum. And so obviously he had told his cousin everything that had happened. His cousin connected the dots, mm. saw the picture, and then um, I was exposed on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just, yeah, it was bad. As you can imagine, loads of memes and, oh, no. you know, people yeah. being horrible, people rightfully chastising me as well, saying, you know, how could you do that? Um, and then I think I stayed on the forum because somebody had found my picture on Facebook. Mm. And so the person that exposed me took my my real picture on mm. Facebook 
It was a really, really terrible picture. I hated it. And it was like a full-length picture. And at the time, I was very conscious Mm. and I hated taking full-length pictures. So, um, yeah, they put that on the site. And I kind of just had to, like, live through all of that, all of the shade and all Mm. of the, the anger and stuff because I'd made some really good friends on that site. And... Yeah, it was a very big lesson that I'd learned. Um, I realized that after the whole thing calmed down and I started posting as myself, Mm. you know, obviously people were still taking the piss. um, But (laughs) yeah, some people were still taking the piss and like making jabs at it Mm. every now and again. But afterwards it was, it was, I felt so free. I felt Mm. like, oh, I'm actually posting as myself and people aren't, they're not insulting me or they're not Mm. looking at how I look first. They're actually reading my words and Mm. seeing what I have to say. And so, yeah, that was a whole period of my life that was just really, yeah, random. And it taught me a huge lesson. And then a year later, I was catfished. So then I was like, do you know what? It's karma, (laughs) isn't it? It's karma. I started talking to somebody on face, Mm. on on MySpace. Mm. Um, And then like a year and a half later, I found out that they'd stolen this guy from LA's photo oh my goodness and by then I was just like you know what I can't even be mad I wasn't mad when I found out I was just like it is what it is it happened to me Mm. now I know what it feels like Mm. so that's it but all of this they can read in your book so exactly we we got some exclusive (laughs) because wait the third is coming out for September yeah Mm. you get it on Amazon bookshops yep exciting how do you feel that like, this is literally going to the world? Uh, relieved. Mm. Relieved mm. that I've finally been able to finish it and that it's, I'm hoping that it will help mm. at least one person, I think. Um, scared. Mm. Really scared. Um, because it's like a baby almost. It's like, mm. oh gosh, it's, these are real things that I've gone through and I've thought, scared that my family will read it because I've you know written some stuff about how I grew up and, yeah you know the way in which my family treated that mm. and as long as my dad doesn't read it I'm fine you know I'm actually <laughs> fine um you know yeah I feel like before writing the book I really had to like speak to my mom about it and just mm. be like look mom I'm gonna talk about you know some of the things that you know happened when I was younger and stuff and you know luckily and by you know miraculously she was fine with it she was like yeah just talk about yeah. what you want and like live your truth and That's stuff true. um I didn't have that conversation with my dad because I I'm I, I no I just mm. couldn't it's long so I just I just wrote what I wrote so <laughs> boy um how, how so how was it being so so open so yeah. frank like you, you you felt like you didn't hold anything back yeah it's it's scary I think being choosing to be vulnerable online and in public especially as a black woman Mm. can be quite nerve-wracking because we are put under such pressure I think to always be strong and you know strong 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 and you know stiff upper lip and don't let people beat you down but sometimes I think there is a strength in being vulnerable and being honest because growing up again like I said I felt very alone and I thought I was the only person going through this so then I thought I must be some weird like some weirdo Mm. um and 
I think it's important for people to, especially as an influencer as well, actually, where we're so used to showing the great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For me, I always show the bad stuff yeah, and, the, and the rubbish stuff. Transparent, yeah. yeah, I try to be transparent because it's important that people see both sides of the coin and that yeah. makes us human mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And I think with this, you know, I didn't want it to be like a glitzy, you know, I was bullied and now I'm better, like a like a rags to, well, not riches, but a rags to something, you know. I, <laughs> I didn't, in Jesus' name. No, but you're Jesus very transparent. <laughs> like, I remember... Um, you, you before before Black Lives Matter, and you're like, I, I believe you quit your job, you quit your full time job to go. Uh... I oh, I was made redundant oh, in 2018. Yeah. yeah, you were just so transparent. You're like, I'm doing freelance gigs, I'm writing and doing uh, influencer work, and you're like, I'm really struggling to make ends meet. Yeah, and I was like, right, yeah. like I really and you, I think you said something like, just because I have this amount of followers doesn't mm. equate to money. And it really put into perspective, like, raw, like, you could really be envying this person's life, mm. and, but you really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, it's true. And I think that's one thing with, like, influencing or, like, having a platform is that we... It almost feels aspirational. Like, people want to yeah. keep posting aspirational mm. content and, you know, it's taking with these really glitzy pictures of themselves in great outfits, in, like, really pretty... Um, venues but then again not knowing that the venue that they're in is like Westfield bathroom do you know what I mean like <laughs> the amount of times I've seen that white bathroom even yeah, I live, yeah. is it Shepherd's Bush please let me it's Shepherd's Bush yeah. there. it's the Shepherd's Bush it's but true. everyone's taking their pictures there anyway so <laughs> it's just like it's just like you just never know what yeah, like you know be it like influence I don't want to sit here and be like oh influencing is so hard it kind of is to a degree especially if you're black because yeah. the the pick of the roles are always going to go to whites mm. and again negotiating fees and stuff we get paid a lot less than mm. um influencers do so you can get occasions and a lot of us spoke about it during you know everything that was going on you'll get an influencer on the same campaign as a white influencer and that white influencer gets paid maybe five grand and then you find out that you're getting paid like 800 pounds for the same, mm. the same and and you have more followers than the white influencer. How do you find that? Is it so you're all sitting down having sandwich lunchtime? And yeah, is that what happens because because I keep hearing this conversation. I'm like, and mm. someone goes, "Oh, how much did you get?" I don't know. I, do you know what? I think I'm. I have to mute mute my brain because I think <laughs> if I find yeah. out, the rest of the shoot cannot continue. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Like because yeah, my mood will switch. Yeah, yeah that's how it. Literally, you're sitting yeah. down just having like general discussions about it or you know after the shoot or after the campaign you catch up and you're like oh I hope they paid you well for this or like how much did you get paid kind of thing there have been other occasions where you're accidentally cc'd into an email where you where it's been meant for another influencer but they've accidentally cc'd you their contracts so obviously now having a bit of a read and you're like why is this person getting paid 12 grand and I'm getting paid a grand for the same thing and Uh, I have more followers I would vomit it's it's actually a what do you do when that happens? Like, can you go back to them and be like, actually, yes, uh, yeah, be like, oh, I'm you accidentally sent this to me, but since we're on the topic of contracts, <laughs> I'd like to renegotiate mine because I'm not yeah. understanding why they're getting paid more. Oh and you can ask God. them why they're getting paid more, yeah. and often Absolutely. they'll say stuff like, oh, it's because she brings more value, or you know, oh, she has more disgusting. engagement, and it's just like you're clearly just doing it oh, because yeah. she appeals to like a white audience. Yeah. You know, I say to them. Otunga, who wrote that book, um, Little Black Book, she said she she wrote to one white woman um, because they weren't going to pay her for something, for something. And she said, so they weren't going to pay her for the speaking gig, but she she said, so she emailed her. She said, well, are you on a full-time uh, uh, role? That's it. She said, reply quickly. I'm going to say to them, yeah. <laughs> 
12 hours, I'm going, I need 24 grand for this campaign. Reply quickly, or I'm dragging you on Twitter.com. <laughs> I'm going to drag you with the same screenshot you just, no, I'll even say to them, I'm going to give this as an exclusive the Daily Mail. Oh my gosh, the Daily Mail. Reply well. within 12 hours. Uh, 12 hours, quickly. Quickly. Yeah. What? Sometimes you have to do the, the blackmail, you know, like the worst thing that a brand wants to be is cancelled. Mm. Yeah. So mm. it's a case of them having to respond to you ASAP. Mm. Otherwise, now it's a free-for-all. Like, you know, I know that we live in cancel culture and sometimes it can be over the top, but when it comes to yeah. brands not, you know, paying mm. their ethnic um, influences as much as mm. white influences, they are due yeah. dragging. Mm-hmm. Always. Do, you, no, do you think that as a black influencer, it's taking you a lot... A lot of time to know your worth because I once did some influencer work outreach and I realized black influencers are like, oh, this, and I'm like, this is the budget. And they're like, okay, cool. What with white influencers, they'll go back and forth with you. It can be 20 Mm. email exchanges Mm -hmm. until they're like, no, I still want more. Mm. And I'm like, there's no more budget. And they're like, I still want more. (laughs) I still, and they will push and they will push because I feel like with black influencers, I feel like the self worth there is still ungrateful sort of thing. I'll just take that money. Yeah. We, again, we need to have the confidence of white people, white men, mediocre white men. But that's mm. how we need to go in. I think it's an entitlement thing. They kind of feel like it's their space. They're entitled to it. So they should be entitled to yeah. mm. all of the money. And even though as black creators, we create equally as amazing content, mm. we still are on the outsides of that space, edging our way in, mm. um, which is sad because we make incredible content. Um, and so there are it's there are definitely times where... Mm. It's only in the last year that I really realized my worth. So back then I was taking jobs that were like, so for like, for, for, for okay, so for context, an Instagram post, if you have 20,000 Instagram followers, mm. an Instagram post will probably be between two to 300 pounds a post. Yeah. And two to 300 pounds? That doesn't seem good. Yeah. Is that good or is that, is that bad? It's kind of... For 25, two to three, 300 upper end is like, like they could get more like a grand. Yeah. So for white influencers, mm. they were normally pushed to like six, seven, eight hundred. Mm. But then there have been times when I was at around that time, that was my rate that I was setting. Mm. And I remember going to, um, I was pitching to like a PR company and I was sending mm. them my rates and thank God for this woman. She was the only black woman on the staff. Oh. She sent me back an email saying, is this your rate stuff? And I was like, yeah, she was like, for 20,000, you should be getting six, 700 pounds. Why are you placing oh, your rate so low? God, yeah. And I was like, but that's just how I've, that's what brands mm. approach me with. So if I'm getting approached by brands with the same number, mm. I'm assuming that's what I'm worth. And she's yeah. like, no, like that's not, yeah. that's not what you're worth. Mm. And I remember when I signed up to my now management, mm. I showed them my rates and they literally just burst out laughing. <gasps> I was like, are you, oh like guys, why are you, this is, it took me a long time on Canva to do this, <laughs> to do this post, you know? Um, oh but my, my managers God. were like, cause at the, when I was signed, I think I was at 37 K mm. or something. And um, they were like, Steph, this for everything that you do, it's far too low. Like yeah. I was charging, I think to write, a blog post, which normally is about a grand, I was charging like 150. No. Because I just didn't know. And I was so scared of asking for more money. I hate doing that, which is why I was really happy that I had management because they can do all of that kind of, the bad guy kind of stuff. But with me, I I hate asking for more because I felt that was what I was worth. And so now I know, you know, 
what the rates are And so with some of my Influencer friends Who are a lot smaller I'm always telling them No You yeah. ask for that amount And then add on mm-hmm. Another grand or, mm-hmm. or two Or whatever the case is Because Grand or two Yeah Yeah Because <laughs> at the end of the day Not only are they Especially when it comes to Like public speaking and stuff You're paying for Our individual experiences And our knowledge And all of that stuff yeah. Um, You know If you're Wanting a black person on your panel and your campaign, you're gonna pay for the ethnicity mm. that you're getting. Do you know what I mean? But even pay me more. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm conscious of the time as well. You said that your uh, car is coming up. Yeah, I mean, have they, normally they text, but he hasn't even texted to say that he's near, so it should be fine. We woke up this morning to mm. some awful news mm. about um, Chadwick Boseman, mm. and I was not even aware that he was ill. Mm. Was I, I no. did not. Know that he was ill at all. I remember seeing an image of him that he was um, really mm. slim, and I remember there were some people that were taking the piss out. Yeah. Of him. Um, but even then, I didn't think anything mm. was wrong. I thought, you know, is he okay, or mm. maybe it's for a role. I didn't really mm. think much of it. But waking up today, I was just in shock. Yeah, yeah. Forty-three, so young, so young. Like, I was on TikTok. I couldn't sleep last night. I was on TikTok around three. Mm. I got the news notification by BBC, and I just froze. And I said, I was telling Jasmine, it's like one of those things where you, with death, it's like, you don't want it to be real. Yeah. Mm. But you, you can't control it. Once you've seen the words, you you can't even... Yeah. Nothing, nothing can change. Can do, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, for me, with Black Panther... It was such a moment at the time, and I feel like we all knew it. Mm. Even him playing Black Panther, yeah. it was such a moment for us. Like we were gas. I think you was at the premiere, Steph, the UK one, right? I think I, I, I was. You. I don't think I was. You know? You'd, okay, maybe. Or was I? I can't remember. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I can't remember. The UK. So even just Black Panther in yeah. itself, like we was just gas. Like mm, yeah, some of were. us, early twenties, babies, like youths. People in their 50s, we were all seeing the black superhero for the first time. It's a real thing for us. Like, I remember seeing this video that went viral of these black guys with the Black Panther poster when it came out in the cinema. And they were like, white people feel like this all the time. Yeah. Like that feeling, um, that feeling I will I will always take with me. And I remember like wearing like um, some African print. Mm, yeah. Ikram was doing her sweat with, with the Somali reference. <laughs> Toby from Black Ballad was wearing yeah. Asho B with her husband. They came like they were coming to a wedding. Yomi from Slay Your Lane came up looking all nice. Toby mm. from Yellow Cup, everybody yeah. was doing bits that showing up. All the screenings were Clara Ampho well. yeah. was doing the premiere. Our Queen Clara Ampho mm. said, This is a blackity black film. We were. In the cinema, like, everybody who's seen that film yeah. felt something different in them. Yeah. And it's just so sad that he's been taken so young because we know what the trajectory was for this yeah, guy. Yeah. He was meant to be a legend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He still is. But, yeah. and now we find out that he was battling something. I like, know. And even while he was filming mm-hmm. Black Panther and you know that's not a small boy film. Yeah. The the fighting scenes and Avengers. Yeah. Do you remember that fighting scenes in Black Panther where they were beating him and he was taken again? Yeah. Be- yeah. Nah. I can't believe he filmed three Avenger movies. Yeah. While high doing octane, doing yeah. all of his own stunts, whilst like as in the strength. Like, mm. <sighs> yeah, I woke up this morning and I, I saw it and I I did cry. I cried for yeah, like a good too. 10 minutes because it was more shock and it was yeah. just like mm. <sighs> 
how was he doing this? Yeah. How? Like physically undergoing chemotherapy and surgery while mm. it's like, was it staged? And it's, you know, unfortunate to say this, but one of the one of the worst types of cancer you could ever get, like anything to do with stomach gastric oh, wow. cancer. Yeah, because yeah, when I, so in my previous life, I used to work in like hospitals and in mm. the cancer ward. And we were told like gastric, anything to do with your colon is the worst physical type of cancer you can mm. have. So for me, knowing the background towards that specific mm. cancer, I'm just like, how yeah. was he standing? How, um, like how? Am I correct in thinking stage four is the highest one? That's the highest one, yeah. That's like terminal. That That's the one where... If they say you're stage four, you have like months or weeks to live. Oh my goodness. And for him, I think when he was doing all of the movies, he was stage three. So I'm just like, I don't understand physically the strength that he had Mm, to to do it. And it just makes me feel so... And I feel like he was literally our king, like the grace and the compassion Mm, that he had and the, the way in which he embodied this role. And he went on to tell these stories of really mm. amazing groundbreaking black legends in America mm-hmm. like he he had such a purpose and for him to oh I like yeah we've just gone through a lot this yeah. year yeah. especially as black people yeah. we've gone mm-hmm. through a lot Absolutely. and this is just like 2020 needs to end we need to go I'm yeah, tired yeah. I'm tired of I'm it tired I'm, tired. I'm tired I'm tired bless much. him I remember I was telling mm. Jasmine Toby from Yellow Cup shared this video of him mm talking about two boys who have cancer and they were terminally ill mm. and they were two black boys and they say that they were trying their best to wait out until Black Panther comes. Oh yes, I saw that. Yeah. And he said that they didn't make it and it was like, wow, like that story is obviously so heartbreaking and tragic and now learning this, it's like yeah. it even has another purpose, mm. another added layer to it and oh, I just, mm. I just, I'm, I'm happy that he he left behind a legacy. Such a he made legacy. us feel that yeah we were doing that for time. Yeah. The yeah. Black Panther sign. Do you even know what that means? It sparked like, so much joy. I think yeah, for the diaspora in general. Like when that movie was coming out, everybody was hyped, and yeah. you know we were going down wearing our Kenzie cloth <laughs> and like taking jollof to cinema. Like <laughs> it was a type of black joy, like yeah. a shared black experience yeah. that we hadn't had. For so long And it was so beautiful That he was able to Him and Lupita Like you know They were all able to Give this to us Mm. And We've just lost Such a bright Shining star Mm. So So young And I think it's really A testament to When it comes to online The way in which we Speak about people And you know People that have platforms If they are looking different or have lost weight, like the way in which we talk about that, we really need to be yeah, careful definitely. about, you know, you know, cussing people or insulting people mm-hmm. who look different mm-hmm. because you like this, you never know mm-hmm. what someone's going what they're through. going through. We need to be minding our businesses. Yeah. Cause I didn't know like I remember telling Jasmine, I've seen people being like, we need to be kind, we need to be kind. And I'm thinking with the whole um him looking different, but I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not obviously I'm not it's not always about me, but I was like, I don't remember Saying a damn thing about the way he looked. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. so what the fuck were you not saying? Yeah, yeah exactly. And why? Mind your business. Yeah. Keep it moving. Like, mm. this man, did he not just graduate from Harvard? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's heavy. Mm. It's heavy news. I'm feeling for the black community. I'm feeling for, for Marvel fans. Feeling for his family. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's heavy. It's tragic. Honestly, um, but mm. should we should we get on to Black Excellence? Should we do some Black Excellence this week? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. well, mine was actually going to be Chadwick because obviously yeah, he's left the legacy. Course. Yeah, I think I think um, be him as well. 
Wakanda forever. He for was tired real. of it. He really was forever. tired of it. But he was very yeah. tired yeah. every day. But he no. still did it for because us. Do you know he how annoying did. that is? <laughs> it is. It's true. And he still and just like, he still did it. Like yeah, he was a gem. Mm-hmm. Like no, it's that feeling. It's that Kobe feeling. I'm feeling it again. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it again. Like these amazing black role models. Mm-hmm. Um. These talented people who are taken so young, yeah. like Kobe, it's so mad because like the you legacy. You still keep hearing about yeah. all these lovely stories about him, isn't it? Mm. Like even up till now. Even mm. with Chadwick, I saw yeah. this morning this girl, she she graduated from Harvard, I think the same time as him. And she wanted to take a picture and he kindly de- uh, declined. And then he went back over to her and was like, actually, go on then. Aww. And I don't know. It's 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 knowing what he was going through, and yeah. and that's yeah, and and put on on a brave face, and none of us knew. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I Just don't the know. the strength and power mm. that he has. You know, I'm I'm sometimes very wary of always trying to again put black people like strength, strength, strength. Yeah, but yeah. For, no, how? Yeah. Phys- no, like, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like even because I'm a huge Marvel fan, so I would always watch like behind the scenes yeah. of like mm. how they did stuff and. The, you, the stunts, you never would have thought. The stunts you never that would he have had thought to do. He was Ill. Yeah, especially the scene that one of the last scenes with um, Michael B. Jordan. They yeah. were doing a Mazza. Yeah, and I wonder if they knew because I know he kept it to his family. But I wonder yeah. if the the cast must have. I wonder they that must as well. have known. Yeah, because when I when I heard about the news, I started thinking about is your car here? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we've got a goal now. Um, thank <laughs> oh, you. No. Yeah, no, it's um, okay. Thank you, it's Steph, fine. so so much. Steph is celebrity living out here. Oh, yeah, book to me from from her agent. Like they they sorted her out. But um, thank you so so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. Get ready you. to be a Sunday best time seller. Oh, yes. Pending. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Where can the people them catch you? Uh, you can catch me on my website, which is stephanieaboa.com at Stephanie Aboa on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Awesome. Okay, thank you so much for coming here Congratulations. Today. And congratulations. Yes. Thank yes. you for having me. <laughs> Are you, wait, gee question, you're going to have a part two? Book part two? Um, I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> uh, it may not be, um, it may not be a non-fiction. It might be a little novel, mm. science fiction type of thing. But we'll see. I love that. Right. We shall see. On your way you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Have a lovely day. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, guys. Stay blessed. Bye. Bye.